How long have you been in the Navy? Oh, me a blow life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end. Booyah! Welcome back to E14 Podcast. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. Today we have a very special guest, Eric Schumann. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's an honor. So before we get started, let me go ahead and do the disclaimer so that we don't get ourselves in trouble. All right. Uh, The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of our own and not of the United States Navy or our respective commands. So take it or leave it. That cover up right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I could say put it on my tab. Yeah, put it on my tab. All right, so a lot of people ask us, since we're dual military and different ranks, how do we address people outside of the home? Um, typically what we do, in, is it right? I don't know, it's what we do. But, right. uh, you know, if, if it's one of Heath's friends, I'll address them by their first name. If it's one of my friends, he'll do the same. If we work for that person, then yeah. we address them by the rank. So, well, for the purposes of this podcast, we'll call you Eric. Easy. Or shoe. Yeah. Uh, I think Eric everybody shoe. from the Commodore down called me shoe. So, uh, <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, asshole, whatever you guys really feel comfortable with. It's good for me. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> All right. So, this is a three part series. We're yeah. starting. This mini series is called Hold Fast. And today we're talking about Hold Fast through Adversity. So if you want to go ahead and introduce. Yeah, Jamie, I would love to. Eric, thank you so much, brother, for coming out and hanging out with us this evening, man. I appreciate yeah, it. It's an honor. Thank you. So uh, Eric and I worked together, worked together for a couple of years. We've known each other for two or three years. And uh, Eric, I'd like you to, SWIC, a lot of people, until active about it, a lot of people didn't know what SWIC was. So I'd like you to describe to me what a SWIC rate, what the SWIC rate is. And also, I know you didn't start out as a SWIC. What led you to that rate? What led you to become a SWIC? Oh man, I don't know if you have enough beer. Um, I got more, man. Let me see. I'll feed you. All right, so <laughs> special work, uh, combatant craft crewman. Um, the maritime transportation arm of Naval Special Warfare. Uh, so that gives you two components of Naval Special Warfare, one being SEALs, one being SWICs. Um, as you said, I did not start out in this. Uh, my initial plan was to do four years. Um, I was working on aircrafts, actually the 46s. Uh, dual prop helicopters, and we adopted the 60s in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Uh, HG3 on the West Coast in North Island. <clears throat> uh, one day, uh, one of the guys I work with says, Hey, uh, I want a screen for Bugs. I want to be a SIL. Uh, on Tuesdays, they do a screener. Um, you, would you go over with me? And I said, Yeah, sure, I'll go with you. Let's see what it's like. Check it out, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we go. I think there was 12 or 13 of us um, for whatever reason. I just happened to be the only one that passed uh, the screener. And the, I think it was the MM2 um, SIL that signed the paperwork. And you know, he's like, oh man, you're trying to get a contract? I'm, now I'm really just supporting a friend. Uh, and it kind of sparked it. Well, at that point, I started looking at things a little bit differently. Uh, we were doing a test flight with my helicopters one day, and I was actually doing a training jump for ATC, uh, Advanced Training Command. 
and guys are jumping. And so I'd ask every one of the guys, because anytime you see these dudes that are in a different uniform than what we regularly wear, yeah. they're, they're probably sales. Right. Uh, right. So at, at that point, I was like, man, these guys have sideburns, which is cool. They have long <laughs> hair. That's cool. Uh, and they're not wearing regular uniforms. It's even cooler. So I asked every one of the guys on the flight, like, hey man, are you a seal? No, I'm a UD. What about you? I'm a SWIC. Well, you know, oh, I'm a seal. Okay. Well, I knew what UD was. I knew what SEAL was. I'm like, what's SWIC? And uh, they were all kind of laughing, giggling. I really didn't understand the point. But you know, the guy's like, you know, no, we do all the boats uh, for, for NAMM Special Warfare and SOCOM. And I said, okay, well, that's cool. Um, so at that point, I just kind of like, you know, looked at it. Through the recruiting pages, which is, you know, remember right. it was 98, 99, yeah. 2000, which is real early because uh, we're old. Yes, yes we, we are. are. <laughs> we're old. You're not old. Yeah, you're young. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when I looked through the uh, stuff they had for the recruiting page, it, it, it looked cool. I mean, it, there was no difference I could see from a SEAL to a SWIG except for his own boats. The command crew counselor I had had no idea. And he's like, yeah, man, you're just a SEAL on boats. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I put a package in. Uh, I actually won Pacific Fleet um, Junior Set of the Year, I think. Wow, that year. wow. wow. big time. And, yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. we're in such presence. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. not worthy. I used to get haircuts and shaved and get in the right uniform. Anyways, I put the package in and I got accepted. Uh, so I did my interview and everything over at Special 212, which is in Coronado. Um, and I had to wait, I guess, about 90 days and it came back approved. and started going through my process. So I only spent about two and a half, three years in the fleet. Okay, um, but still, but did, but did you, what would you pay grade when you crossed over? Uh, I, E4. E4? I made E4 off uh, winning the award, and okay. I, I actually got, I still got the parking letter and picture and everything. I think that's all the picture I have in Nungarees. And, uh, <laughs> I wore Nungarees, don't feel bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're older than me, I think. And, <laughs> Three months, I studied, I guess. 
That was the old books, you know, because, you know, back in the old days of sailors, we had these books. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, had, I went through it, I took the test, and I made it the first time. I made uh, QM1. And I didn't even realize I made QM1 until uh, I checked into NAM Special Warfare Command as an instructor at the SWIG school. Right. Now, this was what year? That was 06. So this 06. is before the days of the SV. Right. Because they yeah, didn't come right to the end of 06, right? Right. And that was I was at the center when, when they did that. Okay. And so I left as a QM. So you were a QM1 boat dude? Yes. Boat guy? Yeah, boat guy. Absolutely. Right. Uh, we were all up. our own rates. So you came in. I, I just couldn't make it as an AM. Uh, I worked the test uh, and, you know, uh, I, would, I would check in and like, what do I got to do with your counselor? And they would try to tell me, hey, we need to do this, 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 this. Maybe we can send you back to the fleet. Maybe we can do this. I'm not going back to the fleet. I don't want to cut my hair. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that was really it. I didn't want to get a haircut. I've been in trouble for my sideburns my entire career, so it's definitely <laughs> one of those things as senior chief. I know the full instruction now. Right, right. But you know, it's hard when you were AM, right? Is that what you yeah. were before QM? That was hard. You didn't work in that rate. I can that, relate. And she can relate to that. She's yeah. an air traffic controller that works as a. I did it for two years. You know, like I said, at the command, yeah. and, you know, get like, you know, was it a line captain call, or whatever? Yeah. yeah. You know, for for watching the birds. Yeah. I worked in uh, airframes and then yeah. QM, or excuse me, quality control QM. Yeah. yeah. I only did that for a little while, and the rest of it was like, all right, I got orders good in this heavy, so they kind of just dropped me out. Let me just PT. And that's yeah, that was it. PT, you know? yeah. um, I will say that was a huge part of when I first saw Chiefs, which you know you've heard my speech multiple times. Right, right. Chief seasons. Uh, that was the first time I had a real outlook on Chiefs that were uh, a positive input on a career, and then I saw a guy that just completely ran things the way you would assume. Yeah, it wasn't a source rating, uh, right. so I'd get a waiver, right. and it wasn't it wasn't a source rating. And they said uh, when I sent page thirteen, uh, they're like, "Hey, just know you have to cross rate by this time. You got to do this." They gave me the outline, and, and I agree too. You don't know what that is. I mean, you know, four or five years in a. You know, at that point, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I was getting a thirty-something thousand dollar bonus. You right. know, uh, it was coming up on our enlistment by the yeah. time, and uh, we used to get like eight grand, eight grand. Uh, it's like uh, so somehow I was able to finagle uh, an AM reenlistment. Nice. Uh, just happened to be forty thousand dollars. That's what we're uh, talking. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, long story on how that happened. I almost did not reenlist. Uh, I lost the bonus. Uh, turned to turn my reenlistment paperwork in. I didn't get submitted all the way to the crew counselor, to the master chief, all the way to get signed and submitted. And we were on a trip. We were flying back from South America. Uh, we went to DC. Uh, we were driving back, and I get a phone call from the senior chief recruit, or excuse me, commander. So he tells me, he's like, man, we had until this time to get in. And I'm like, no, I turned all the paperwork in before I left. Like, I signed it and everything. And he's like, all right, well, you need to, you need to find all these copies of the paperwork. And I find it. It was in somebody's inbox. Oh, uh, yeah. Won't put any names to it, but um, <laughs> yeah. find it. I ran it through, and the command crew counselor, um, who's still part of my life today, um, retired in multiple years. You know, uh, right, right, yeah. Oh, um, kidding? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he somehow got it through. Oh, so instead good. of getting the full yeah. forty, I think I got like thirty-six or thirty-seven grand. He's like, "Hey, man, we realized for this." I'm like, yeah. "I was gonna realize it anyways." Yeah, right. You know? That just makes it sweeter. You know, we, we, we used to think we had a little clout where we could say, I'm not going to read this unless you, you know, you gave us money. Right. You no, you no, no, you're not. Okay, so take us back. Early 2000s, you're just getting out of uh, your training, right? Your yep. initial training. Yep. And then, you know, post 9-11, that happened. So 
she's on edge, a lot of feelings are coming in. Um, how are you feeling getting ready to go on to the performance? Uh, man, so I was, you know, what, 21? 22? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, I just, I've only been a team for, you know, not even a year. And I remember exactly when everybody asked, where were you on? 9-11. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the yeah. things we always ask every time we do a memorial. Where were you on 9-11? I was at the, the special boat unit 22. Yeah. Just before it became the team. Yeah. Before yeah. we're the new command. We were in these little trailers with uh, Channel Defense behind it. And uh, I was actually working working chest, I remember. Because uh, somebody was making fun of me because I couldn't lift the weights or something. <laughs> and uh, somebody told me, hey, uh, they came in, we had this team room. And it had one TV in it. Yeah. And they said, look, uh, there's a plane that just hit the tower. Come inside and watch it. So everybody left the gym, ran across the parking lot. We go inside this lobby, and I get to see the second plane hit the tower. You know, at the time, because most anybody would tell you, like you don't yeah. know what to expect. You don't even know what right. you're feeling. You like, what's it's going on? Maybe real. it's an accident. There's no way. Yeah. Right. You know, right. there's no way there's a terrorist attack at the time for Swick. You know, NSW, soft in general. There's no combat going on. There's no kinetic operations. Right. Uh, we we're just doing. You know, Jay says CNTs, South America Training Partner Forces. Normal training stuff. And, and at that point, we were vying for who was getting the ops. I mean, you'd come into a rotation cycle, and, and then the chiefs and senior chiefs would go in the ops, and they're yeah. like, all right, no, I got it. Oh, I got this trip. Right, I got this trip. Right. There was no uh, set rotation, really, like we do now, where, you know, it's just a rotation officer and a troop and, and platoon, and we're rolling through. None of that even existed back then. Yeah. So, you know, out of the blue, they're like, all right. Inventory, excuse me, inventory everything. Pull every Onyx box, every, everything. Got real. It got real. And that was it. And we were at work for like two or three days straight. And we told, you know, we were told, hey, we're uh, we're going to war. You know, and nobody like Afghanistan. Nobody knows there's rivers in Afghanistan. And and contrary to belief, there are rivers in Afghanistan. There's no rivers in Afghanistan. And uh, so, so here it is. We're like, how do we get into this conflict? We're going to war. Well, now, Again, it's rocking stacking with debts going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they came back about two weeks later and said, Hey, uh, you know, there's nothing right now. We're going to send a couple of guys to uh, like a site survey, mission assessments, feasibilities, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. So at this point, it was training as normal. It's day to day. You know, it was back, you know, uh, back to get on the river, back to training on the range, back to doing uh, land warfare. Just to yeah. normal. Every night on our way on the boats, yeah. um, young, and so that's all we did. I had an apartment. I think the very first apartment I had, I stayed in that thing for a month. Uh, it was in Waveland, Mississippi. You know, two bedroom. I came from San Diego to here because right. I was living there. I had a condo. Uh, had a, I think I paid four fifty for a two bedroom, one bath on the water. Good old days. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome. And I had a surfboard and everything. And I'm not surfing. You know, from outside of Houston and living in San Diego, I just happened to get a. I got the apartment, I showed up, I did everything over the phone. And it's the first time I did a PCS move. And I show up and I go to, you know, ask the lady at the front office, like, hey, where's the beach? She's like, yeah, just go across the street. Grab my board. And she started laughing at me. She said, what are you doing with that? I'm like, swing the waves out. And she just laughed at me. And I didn't realize that the Mississippi sound was there. You know, even growing up in Texas, I just, just didn't realize because right. in Galveston and three right. four, all the right. stuff, there's waves, you know. There are. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but just still, you know, there's a little way. So I got here and I spot. Like, right, right. So, all right. So I went back in. And 
<laughs> my surfboard. End up selling it to somebody insurance from San Diego. But, uh, you know, I think we did you know, three or four more trips to South America. I think I went to Thailand or somewhere else and came back. And then as, as things progressed, uh, we had the new special operations craft of Green, which is still the flagship, uh, you know, American craft for 22. In and this, this boat is pretty badass. Yeah, it, it's a gunboat, man. It, it's uh, pretty awesome. I, I, very lucky. A lot of my career, right place, right time. You know, uh, in no way do I think I'm special at all. I just happen to be in the right nets, right in the right departments where they're like, hey, we need you to go do this. Right. And so I got on the, the, the final phase testing of the sidebars. And we had another boat come back and craft, uh, come and assault craft, you know, that came from that group. Single engine, single jet. These things are cool. I yeah. mean, I'd never seen a jet boat, you know, besides the, the big ones. And, right. Uh, so we trained on that. Also, they're like, all right, well, now you got these sock parts. She only got two of them. <laughs> and, and so they're building them. They're going through this whole process. Train, train, train. Um, at that point, like I said, I, I made E5. Uh, you know, I was a AM2 at the time. That was before, you know, cross the QM, right in San Diego. But uh, they're like, hey, you guys are going to go to Iraq. Like what? Yeah, that's an initial kick. Yeah. Well, uh, at, at the same time, I, I just got into a relationship, and uh, we've been together for a little while. We're talking about getting married. You know, we just moved in together, and so at this point, I had all my stuff in storage. I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. Like, right, hey, right. should we even do this? Like, I could be gone a year, two years. Yeah. We haven't been in combat. So nobody knows. Swick hasn't been in combat since Vietnam at this point. Sure. And at, at this point, I. There's and so much that show, that was y'all's conception of Vietnam, right? Was that yes, right? Yeah, that was you know correct. started. And that's the last time y'all seen any combat. Panama, mm. we had guys there, right? You know, from just cause, we did have guys there. And uh, they're in Panama at Rodman, uh, but really kinetic operations back right. in war. And it was in, in 03. And so we were on the hook for months. And I mean, I'd go to a school and I'd have to be on a tether, you know, you think yeah. it's this. Naval Special Warfare, Navy SEALs, Special Operations, like Lula on a beeper. It, it, it wasn't like that. You know, it was like, hey, we can do this cool, but you only go so far away. Because if the flag goes up, you know, uh, you know yeah. we got to fly out the next day. You know, just like Navy SEAL movie with Charlie Sheen, you know, beeper goes off. And yeah. yeah. You're in a plane two hours later going to that, you know, jumping in out of nowhere. <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, oh, that's not real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> um, but I like to let everybody guess exactly how it is. I remember it's right there. Um, so, sure enough, they, we, we ramped up multiple times where we were getting ready to go. And then uh, this was early, still in 02. And then 02, getting ready to go. And out of the blue, like, hey, you guys are leaving to uh, go to Florida. And part of you guys are going to Gulfport. And you guys are going to fly out. And then you're going to fly in. I forgot exactly when it was, but boom, here it was 22, whatever. Just got engaged, just you know, like just starting a whole like life, you know, right. and then I'll bam, I'll let it quit. And yeah. like, you don't know what's going on, don't know what you know what's happening. They say, hey, we're going to this base, uh, right by the border, DMZ, and uh, we're just waiting. So, That's what we in the Navy call the pucker factor, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it was maybe, yeah. uh, you know, and I like to tell you guys, 23 years I've been on two ships. Um, one was asked my best friend. I went on just for him to get on leave, yeah. <laughs> to pick him up in San Diego. 
and the other one was a tour ship <laughs> with family. <laughs> so uh, I'm not a real sailor. Is uh, Lonnie Stevens our guest speaker this year? Did he tell this you, year. Did he he told you that often? Oh, he tells me. No, I tell just true shoot. I get. I'm not a sailor man. Salty. And uh, yeah, just bad attitude. Salty. I'm not salty from the sea. But yeah, so he tells you know. So we get there, and now it's just go time. Now we're yeah. waiting. So right. uh, you know, we did the initial invasion. Uh, went through there, came back. I think I don't know, six months later, seven months later, and you know, got got a combat action ribbon. Got to do a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, at the time, being twenty-two, I was the youngest guy in the task group. Yeah, uh, I didn't know anything from anything. Right. right. All I knew was you got to do this, you got to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know. Got awards with Valor, got this other stuff. And I, at that point, so early in my career, I thought it was normal. That's not normal, brother. And and yeah. so when I came back, uh, it's when I really started that downward spiral of ego yeah. and pride. So at that point, I started noticing guys didn't have combat action ribbons, guys didn't have combat Vs, and that, yeah. you know, uh, these guys that I used to look up to, somehow I just, to me in my head, in my immaturity, thought, oh, look at this. Now I'm better than because you haven't been in combat, you haven't been in Iraq, you haven't right. been here, you haven't done that. Um, and so it was almost a negativity that swirled from that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I loved, loved some weights, so I think I was like probably 250, 260. Uh, coming back, doing that, being a young guy, and at this point it was like, you can't tell me shit. Um, because you haven't been in combat. And, right. and that was a stakehold for me for a long time. It was naked, it was bad. And so that kind of started this whole thing. We started talking about adversity, kind of putting it all together. Yeah. Uh, I started putting people in nine. And so I would get a position and I thought it was better than that. You know, I was in, I was a soccer training lead yeah. uh, in training department. And here it was, I would tell you what I want to do. I would tell the chief like, yeah, no, no, no we're not going to do that. And that worked for a while. And I actually got, you know, we had the tradition of the paddles. And uh, when I went to, to the center, one of my close friends, Ben Harwell actually, you know, he did it. We you know, had these ridings, and uh, they get pretty passive aggressive, pretty uh, personal. And they get to the point now where we can't, in today's Navy, we can't even read them out loud or say them in public. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was a jab at, you know, the, the immigrant that thought he could pick his own chief. You know, and it was a joke, but at the same time, you know, I would. I, I thought I was more important than I really was. And it was just because of operational commitment. Yeah. Doing certain things, and it wasn't me. It just being I, at the right place at the right, right time. time, right? And and so I found myself being in a situation where I, I would bust my ass and I would be ranked, but I always get bumped out of number two. And, and I finally ask, "Hey, man, what what's going on?" I ask a uh, now retired master chief, um, and she tells me, "She's like, hey, man, look, yeah, man, you were you were sitting in the number one spot, start buying." You know, in the in the rankings, and then your attitude came up, <laughs> and your ego came up, and your, your mouth came up, and you know that that bumped you down. Your lack of professionalism, your your your, your lack. Of, it wasn't it was it wasn't confidence, it was overconfidence, yeah. and your ego and your pride would kill you. Yeah. And so it was a slap in the face. And at the time, you know, still being you know young twenties, you know. Uh, it was, you know, F them. Right, you know, right. they, they just done that. 
It's because right. he hadn't been there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was the bee on your chest. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what it was. was. Um, uh, at the same time, I had a, a newborn son. I had a, a, my oldest son at 19 years old um, with, with a girlfriend I had when I first got the Navy. So here it is. I'm 20 some years old, two kids. Yeah. And, uh, and my wife at the time I was working here. And I, was, I wouldn't say to her because you know how workups go. Yeah. 20 okay. hours a day. Okay. And so okay. I'd get home at five, you know. Two in the morning, go back to work at five thirty in the morning, yeah. and it was a vicious cycle. So I never really saw them, and it was in and out, in and out, in and out. So here it is, I'm busting my ass to get ahead, and I'm actually my own worst enemy, right? Because my mouth, you know, I let this yeah. ego and this pride get a hold of me. And you're a young kid, man. That's, that happens to happen to a lot of kids. Absolutely. I mean, you're so you're thrown in from being a kid from Texas. I'm an AM. Now I'm thrown into this the situation where you're you're a swing now. Yep. They were practically begging you to. Yeah, I mean, you remember smoke their test. <laughs> and then, hey, you become a swick, and all of a sudden, oh, we're going to war now. You went from zero to 100 miles an hour in a very short amount of time. Yeah. But I got a question before we transition. What made you, what, what checked your attitude? Because I don't see that in Eric Schumann now. I see a humble dude. Um, what changed that? In 2013, sadly, uh, how things worked out, I got uh, I went through a pretty bad divorce. Um, my kids are, are super important, you know. Look at my, my history. Uh, my my father wasn't there. I had a, had a really good stepdad, so I got a really solid foundation of yeah. uh, family. Right, right. And things were getting to the point where I, you know, everybody gets to this point in their career where you get to be all in, you know, and then you have this family. So where do you pick that line uh, between who gets what? Right. Yeah, you know, and it's a constant imbalance. There's no balance. It's an imbalance. Right. Um, I started going to counseling, and I'm a huge advocate of counseling. You know, and people used to say in the day, you guys are weak. Right. You know, and like, yeah. you know, going to trying to scream for depth or for Delta or you know any any high speed cool stuff, it's going to be bad on you if you scream or if you if you do counseling. Well, I got to the point where. You know, I go, and I, I don't remember who it was. I think maybe the chaplain for the 10 Special Forces Group uh, on a deployment. He's like, man, until you own your own toxic bullshit, you're never going to get better. You have to own it. Wow. He's like, I, he's like I, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I don't care anything. Until you own your own bullshit, you're never going to get better. And, and it did. It kind of, it, it, it was a shifting. Um, yeah. I just made chief in 2010. Yeah. And... I was on deployment and I'd gotten relieved three months before the chief results came out. All right. So I, I kind of skipped going to the schoolhouse. Oops. You know, I think I got instructor of the year. I love the two, four, seven, one EPs, you know, and the way uh, history had shown it, you go to the schoolhouse, you come back, you pick chief up that year. Right, right. So here it was. I, I come back in 09 at 1306 to come back, to go back to Iraq. Um, because at that time, I say, you made chief. All you got to do is go back to combat. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I did two and a half years at the schoolhouse. Got my, my MTS, Master Training Specialist. Um, got as much as I could out of it. Uh, proctor class 5-6 and, and got like three or four NAMs out of it. And then I was like, I want to go back to a team. And I showed back up. And it was a weird integration because we started going back to Iraq in 06. And that's when all the stories, you know, guys were getting, you know, how we got some actually uh, say war heroes. We had some guys that were doing some really good work down range. And so now I'm finding myself not being this dude with this, you know, combat action ribbon and bees and all these awards. Now I'm just like everybody else. I'm just like everybody else. Now I'm back to mediocre. How do you stand out when everybody 
has the same awards. Uh, so you have to look, how do you, how do you get to the next race line? Um, and so you have to all these different things. And we have family adversities and we have different problems in marriages and childhood, you know, childbirth. We had our youngest son uh, in San Diego in 2008. Uh, so now I got a brand new baby, you know, a five-year-old and I'm going back to a team. And so I get back and they tell me within three months, like, hey, we need an advisor to get set back over. And so I don't think we had our household goods, man, uh, when I made a trip. Like, they sent me straight up to Fort Knox. So we get a house, move back, and it was like, I'm gone. I told my, my wife at the time, like, I got to go. Sorry. We knew this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, you, you think, you know, we hear that term, Navy, uh, excuse me, family first. Yeah. You know, you have the Navy mission, you have, uh, family first. It's like a catchphrase. Yeah. And I found out early, you know, another time we get into, but like when my, my middle son Ethan was born, I just got back from Iraq and uh, I got sent, you know, out of the country again, came back and uh, here was a week out from my wife giving birth and they're like, hey, we really need you to go do this. And I was like, guys, like I just did a deployment, came back and then did a 30 day J set, came back and now, come on, man, really? You know, you don't have that's me today. That's exactly what are yeah. you going to do for me? Yeah. Um, so all this built into who who I am now. He's right. You're talking about that. that I say more humble, laid back. No, you know, it, was, it was a getting slapped in the face. Really, it was getting. Yeah. It was learning that uh, I, I was a number. I hate to say it. I tell everybody, stay positive. Love the military. Love the navy. Right. Love what right. you do. At the end of the day, I understand you're a number. And we talk about clout. And at one point, I got to the point where I thought it was so important my qualifications there's no way the team could keep going without you without me right and uh yeah, yeah. I, you know and i'll disagree because i'm a recruiter and i and i do say this but it's just that the team is so strong that you're replaceable so not so that you're a number but that your teammates are so strong that they can there's always somebody who's going to fill it and it's a big machine yeah. it is. and that's the thing it's a corporation it's a big machine you know i, I won't lie Today's Naval Special Warfare, today's Navy takes care of the family so much better than it ever oh, did. Definitely you, know, um, you know, we've had guys with children, we've had, you know, traumatic injuries of spouses, uh, you know, parents, cousins. Man, the Navy, Naval Special Warfare, the SIL Foundation, uh, and the SIPI Foundation, and just backwards to it's, help out. It's and, ridiculous. And there's a huge difference of when I say I need help. And you go in there and you say, I need help. And I, and I think that was a huge difference in, uh, of adversity of learning when to say, I need help. Right. And that, that was a big part was when I started going to counseling and, and, you know, just reaching out, like, I need help. What do I do? I'm not super religious, you know, uh, I'm not religious at all. I'm agnostic, you know, I tell people, um, but I've had three uh, of the, what are they, what, uh, the chaplains, really, To it, you know, like, hey, what can I do to help you? And these dudes are amazing. I so mean, basically, it's religious side. What can I do to help Eric? Yeah, what can I do? Like, tell me what it is, and let, right. let's find a path together. Awesome. And that was the turning point, you know. Um, so I had all this stuff around like 2010 and 2013 kind of take place. Yeah. They were just took my world, turned it upside down. Like I said, I got relieved right after the chief results came out. Um, somebody was humbling me. They told me, hey, you know, I, I'm going to humble you. Right. They did. It was, you know, you go from the, the 
King Day Lang to, you know, I was really the helper. I was funny. I took all the trash out. I was the senior E6 of the command. Uh, I, was taking the, I was taking the trash out. Right. Uh, I, I was a bougie boy. And, <laughs> and it was to let me know. And as pissed off and as mad as I was, I got the lesson within the lesson. Yeah. Um, because I, I took a trip and said, hey, we need to go back to South America um, and run a chase head. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I knew the cheap results were coming out. So we got about a month into this trip, and I get a phone call. I said, hey, congratulations, you can name Mitchie. I was like, oh, heck yeah. <laughs> and I was on a skid, I think, to go to Africa yeah. uh, for that rotation cycle, which I was leaving for like four or five months. And they're like, hey, man, we got good news, we got bad news. I was like, all right, what's up? They're like, well, you know, uh, you're going to be the team chief now for this the detachment, uh, but you're leaving back to go to Iraq. I was like, all right, when? And they're like, uh, the day after you get pinned. It's like, oh shit, what? <laughs> so now we just fast forwarded four months of supposed to get my oldest son, my custody over the summer. You know, uh, I was having a problem with my, my wife at the time. And, and now, Chief, yeah. it's supposed to be the best time of your life. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, supposed uh, it's supposed to be. It was absolutely the most stressful time in my naval career. Wow. Uh, it was when I made Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I, I really didn't get the enjoyment that some of no, like, the people in my class got. Probably get pulled in a hundred directions. Yeah, man. So I had to yeah. I had to ask to go and leave. Yeah. And you know, which is not cool. They're an initiation. No. Uh, I had to go back to Texas. I had to sign people uh, legal paperwork because I was supposed to get my son. And just fought to get him for the summer. Now here it was. I had to say, hey, sorry, oops, the Navy's got me doing something. So now I can't. Wow. Uh, so that was hard. And then I was having a problem with my, my current wife at the time. And so we were having problems. Right. And here was I was back, back to back to back to back to back trips. You know, I wasn't seeing my two youngest kids. And, you know, I had a, a mass chief, um, senior chief at the time, uh, that was like, hey man, I know this guy's whole career. You know, he's gonna he's gonna give it his all, but we need to kinda help him out. And I had the guys that were giving me a hard time through initiation. Like, this is the most important thing in your life. There's no way you can do anything else but this. And I was like, look. Telling you, uh, if I don't go, I'm gonna have to pay this much money. I'm gonna yeah. lose custody on this. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. And I'm trying to lay it out, and people just yeah. they, they were they were here. They want to hear it. They didn't care because the Navy was number one. Yeah. And I realized, and like I said, that was at that time period really transitioning of my career. That people have been to that situation had no empathy. They did. Right. They could walk in your shoes for a minute. So my my standpoint now. I give a charge or anything as empathy and sympathy for your siblings. Yeah. And, and that was it. All I needed was just a little bit of empathy. Just yeah. somebody to step back and say, hey, look, I haven't been through it. It sounds like it sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can tell, like, by your, you know, just, you know, your yeah. appearance, you've lost weight, you look like shit, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Say you're not drinking, but you sure smell like it. Um, <laughs> Something what, going on. What can we do to help you? Yeah. Right. And, and I did. I had this, this energy that said, hey, man, what, what can I do? He did. He let me take leave, so I went and took care of him. And it was one of those things where, it took, you know, my sponsor was amazing, um, and that's why I buy into the thing now. You know, I, yeah. I like used to not like chiefs. I didn't want anything to do with the chiefs. Right. Uh, but I realized you didn't have to be like all these chiefs. Right. You know, you could pick who you are, and you can follow that line. Well, so here was I was coming to deployment direct, just got promoted to the chief. Now I'm in a leadership position, yeah. and all these guys that work for me. Or now have to call me from shoe and Eric to call me chief. And you know that right. goes. And you know how it goes. You love the senior chief. Yeah. Uh-huh. When do I call him Heath? When do I call him asshole? When do I call him senior <laughs> chief? Right? 
the same time. All at one. Yeah. What do I call you? <laughs> and so it just jammed back. Bam. All at one time. Yeah. And uh, my world fell apart that year. And so I ended up getting a divorce. Custody battle. Came back. Was asking for help with the command. And they're like, yeah, we're going to help you. As soon as you get back from this next trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had to make an internal decision of what I want to do in my life. Yeah. And that was a huge turning point. So uh, I had my oldest son that I hardly ever saw because, you know, they live in Texas. Yeah. And uh, yeah. my, my first ex's, uh, ex's one COD, he was in Italy, so they were out of the country. So I just didn't even see him. Right. So at this point, I'm not going to go where I don't see any of my kids. Yeah, yeah. And I said, all right, well, I need to start making this priority. I did. So I was like, look, I want I want as much custody as I can get. Worked out the way it did. I got the you know, split custody. And, uh, man, I got put to a test. The Navy, I will say, didn't give a give a shit really, because admissions admission, right. musters muster, right? Watch and watch. Um, so what you do outside of that, right? Because we know the whole adage, "They're coming to see bag." No, well, they went to sailor, right? And it was even more as a chief, even more, ex- right, even right. more expected. Right, right. Like you get the grass is greener, but the expectations are unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, because they do, and, it, and it's. And, it's not just words. It really is. Like I said, it goes back on me. And, and I say people take it for what it is. Um, you don't want to let people down. And so here, I, just me as a person, feel somebody has given me the opportunity. Somebody has uh, bent over backwards. Somebody's put their rank, their name, their right. time right. on the line for me. Yep. Um, and you can't pay that back. So now I feel like my charge forward is to do that for anybody that comes across. Really. In and out of the Navy. Uh, so fast forward, whoosh, boom. Um, I went from number two, I think, to number eight. I came out of rotation that year, you know, uh, had some issues with the command, and I went from an EP down to a P. First time in my career that that degradation, right? And, and uh, anyway, I was ready to give up the SWIC, ready to give up the Navy, just ready to give up all of it. Uh, didn't really know what to do, but I had to pay bills. Yeah, had to pay child support, <laughs> had to pay yeah. my mortgage, had to pay my car note. Uh, so getting out of the Navy was another option. To this point, how do I make it happen? How do I be the best father I can? Uh, live by myself with my kids, you know, and my guests at the time, and then still be a leader at work. Right. A positive so now, leader. A positive leader. Right. Yes. And not, and not bring that to right. work. Bring that crap with you. Yeah. Okay. So. Counseling, and you know, I just saw things in a different light. And really, that transition of my ego and my pride and all this other stuff that was there that like lingered left me all the way to these lessons. And, and we, and I heard this term, but there's a lesson within a lesson. And so, every lesson, you know, really has another lesson, yeah, has another lesson. And, and I did, I would just learn and learn and learn and learn. Um, so, it's all operational. Um, in my last deployment, I had to work it out with my ex wife. I said, look, I, I have to do this deployment. Uh, it should be my last operational deployment in uh, 2015. And, I, and I'm getting out. Like, I'm supposed to retire in 2018. Uh, they're going to let me go to a short command. I'm going to be an instructor again. And you want to worry about this, and we'll work it out. And uh, she agreed to it. Uh, told the kids, sorry, man, i got to go back on one more. And so I went, came back successful. You know, we crushed the deployment. I had some awesome guys with me. 
you know how it goes. The, yeah. the people we work with uh, really make it happen. Yeah. All I have to do is pull strings, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, show up and look pretty in a suit and uh, talk to people. They did all the work, right. and I get back and I, I, somehow I transferred over to uh, three or four of the best of us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, boom, number three, you know, E seven at, at uh, Echelon Recruitment. Just out of that, so yeah, zero to hero again, right? Although yeah. present and, and life is great, man. Um, yeah. So sticking it out, yeah. fighting adversity, never quitting. And asking for help. That yeah. Something yeah. that I didn't even think about, and I know a lot of people don't think about that, is asking for help. Oh, percent. You have to ask for help because you just don't know what you don't know, and yeah. that that was here. I tell my kids that, like, hey, yeah, you don't know what you don't know. I don't expect you to know everything. Mm-hmm. You know. All the people we have working for us, so is it, you know, 30, 40 teams. Yeah. You know, now, right. Hey, man, you lay it out. And we talk about great leadership, good leadership, define leadership. Hey, man, let's write lateral limits. What's expected, what you can and can't do, and what you absolutely cannot do. Outside of that, it's trust but verify, which yeah. is another huge, you know, yeah, I was going through that transitioning. Yeah. Uh, I had uh, my best friend, Jeremy Gomez, retired senior chief, a great guy. Yeah, hard, hard ass. Um, I keep saying every time we almost got fist fights because he kept me absolutely accountable. Uh, the only real friend when all my stuff was going through my life was collapsed and then stepped back and said, Hey, what can I do to help you? Yeah. You know, everybody was like, Hey man, if you need help, let me know. You, you hear Yeah. 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 Like, what, what, what can I do to help you? Hey man, let me know if you need anything. Hey bro. Up. Yeah. Let me know. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, him and his wife both, you know, um, right place, right time. Whether it be angels, whatever it is, uh, this guy and his wife uh, were injected in my life. And they became a steadfast, you know, shoring of sanity. Yeah. You know, so here was, I need to help my kids. If I couldn't get off, whatever. But now, not only were we team chiefs together in the same troop, but we're friends outside of work. Right. We're, you know, that family cohesion. Barbecues together and stuff. Oh, it's yeah. just all the way around. Yeah. And, and we're yeah. so, we're both, you know, people think I, I like to go out and party and do all the time. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm an extrovert, introvert. I like my alone time. Yeah. And oh, Jeremy's yeah. super introverted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's great because we would smoke cigars. He doesn't drink. So, you know, I would have a glass of whiskey and, you know, we'd hang out. The kids would swim and, yeah. you know, do the thing. And that would be good for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they helped me tremendously where I can't even tell them thank you enough. There's no way I could repay them for what they did to help me mentally, you know, just to, to be in the right place. And it was nice to have the reassurance of, yeah, yeah. hey man, if you need something, let us know. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, they offered to pay for stuff at one point, you know, which, which is crazy, you know? You know, 18, yeah. 19 year chief, there's no way we should be worried about money. Right. Uh, right. Don't want to lie to you. Yeah, uh, and it was, you know, he's like, what would make the trip, what would make this so different? He's like, I was like, man, if I, if I had ten thousand dollars, you know, blah blah blah. He's like, "All right, is that what you really need?" And dead face. You don't give it to Jeremy. Yeah, I know Jeremy. Yeah, dead face. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, "Hey, man, if that's what you need. We'll we'll help you." Yeah. yeah. And then you know, I was like, "Dude, no, no way, no time had I ever in my life been offered that kind of support outside of counseling." And my mom, my dad, you know, other friends, my brother. You know, my my brother was huge uh, in my life. Stuff and everybody was there, but 
Jeremy and his wife are really the driving post to you all the time. And the problem yeah. was he was also the other team chief at work. Yeah. So yeah, if I was fucked up at work, he would tell me. Yeah. If I was late, he would tell me. If I didn't get my head in, he would tell me. Yeah. And and it, so it, I had to have somebody hold me accountable. Yeah. And that was that accountability piece to all of it. Through every step of this was some kind of accountability. Right. Um. So anyways, they helped me get through it. And so I go on this deployment, get back, go over there. Number three, then I get number number two, then I remember, number one. I remember, you know? I remember when you got number one. Me and, and your SCA were talking about it at the barbershop. Yeah. And it was and like, like okay, I, man, I, I went all the way from, you know, zero back to number one. Wow. And yeah. uh, so went from up, down, up, down, 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 all the way back up. Yeah. So I was like, man, I had a glimmer of hope. And there's a glimmer there. There's a little bit of, you know. And I got asked multiple times, man, hey, why didn't you just get out? Why didn't you leave Swick? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? And, and, and it's kind of defined. For every step I went backwards, I would take two steps forward. Right. Wow. Uh, I was never allowed to be a victim. Yeah. Ever. My dad never allowed me to have the victim. Well, that's that's because you were you were raised that way, right? Correct. Exactly. Oh. Because a lot of people would. It, it, and now I was never allowed to quit. If I didn't yeah. like the sport, if I didn't like anything I did, if I started it, I had to finish it. At least do that season. You gotta finish. Yeah. yeah. If you don't like it, that's cool. And my dad had this thing. He was never. It was like you know, master of many. You know, no, you know no, not jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so hunting, fishing, all this stuff. You know, this job is basically what I did growing up. Besides my hair. Yeah. Right. You right. know. And uh, it, there was it was it was easy. The mentality wasn't hard to transition. Yeah. Over. But Eric, this is what I think, man. You said you know at one time you said everybody was getting these awards, so it made you. Not great no more. You were level with everybody else, right? Yeah, just mediocre. Here's the deal: your legacy. You have a legacy now. You've trained. You've trained Swicks. They're now some of Master Chiefs. Yep. A lot of senior uh, chiefs. A lot of chiefs. <laughs> no, there's nothing against yeah. you. Yeah, I know, dude. Like, like, you know, it's that thing where you've trained, and these guys are the best now because of you. And when I when I when I first met you, it was before I even really met you. We were 2018. It was a season. Taryn Hudson. I remember I was a sponsor, and I come, and I'm watching this fire the sponsor. That part, I shouldn't talk about that, but it's a part. But anyway, you were in it to win. I said, who is this guy? That's Eric Sheeva. I said, dude, that dude is in it. Because most of the time, not, a, lot of, a lot of the SW dudes I met weren't were that much into the season. Right, not some were, but some weren't. But dude, you were in, dude. That's what made me click to you. And then I saw you, and we started BSing. Like, you were leaving the gym. We started, we talked for like a half hour. Yeah, I talked a lot. No, no, no. Oh, I was with you, though. Me, too. Me, too. Everybody tells me I'm a fucking and, talker. And me, <laughs> no, no. It's great, though. No. You just shut up. I got to know you, man. And, and I, dude, like I said, you're my favorite switch. I tell you that all the time. I know. And oh, I can see you like a good friend of mine. I can't help you with your computer, so I just at this point, I just accepted it. Maybe you're telling the truth. So, uh, <laughs> no, you can't. No, you, you cannot. Dude, yeah. I heard a term years ago, uh, trainer replacement. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I'm not going to lie. My first Six Chiefs all got fired this week. Yeah. All right. And, and that's not saying all six Chiefs are bad. No, they're good. I don't know how to project that. No. My first six all got relieved at some point. Um, this is like great five and six. Uh, yeah, five okay, and six. Okay. Um, I did have a great outlook on on leadership, and, and it was a uh, a warrant officer. It's actually the command warrant for a group for for a while. Uh, he just re- he's retiring this year. Uh, he's telling me, look, dude, if you want to make a change, you're gonna have to put on khaki. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah. You're gonna have to put on khakis. So you're gonna have to put, you know, 
tuck your bottom lip in, quit being a cocky little bitch, uh, sack up, and become a chief. And then you'll really be able to right. you know, build some change. Man. All right. So, anyways, I want to tell you that's a lie. Because when I made chief, first thing I said was, this is some bullshit. Like, <laughs> I made chief for this? Like, now I'm, I'm doing paperwork. Yeah, right. Uh, I'm doing inventories. Uh, man, I'm like, man, somebody told me that 10, you know, I made chief at my 10 year mark. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they're like, wait, this is a chief? Like, yeah, I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> but, it, you know, we have this term, and I, and I tell everybody uh, that, that makes it every season is, uh, you know, your, your words are as gold as the anchors you wear. And I had Captain Frank Frank tell me that when I made it, and I didn't get it. And then I realized that when you make it and you get pinned, and we just did the ceremony Friday, yeah. all right, uh, FY21, congratulations, guys. Uh, you leave and you go to the exchange and go for it. Right. They don't know whether you've been a chief exactly. for 10 minutes yep. or 10 years. That's what I tell them, too. So you have to be on your shit. Exactly. And guys don't take that person. Well, I do. Yeah. I, I take, you know, I, I don't care what people think of me degree um you know you get another lesson about the three ups but you know it's just one of those things where i uh i i don't ever want somebody to look at me and have the same negative outlook like i had on some of my past right right and not that they were just all bad it was just nothing i could really take away and i picked stuff apart yeah you know it was a a, an immaturity trait of mine where i try to pick apart my leaders and it was really just to see if they had like Chinks in the armor. What could I? What right. could I get? Right. Yeah. Where everybody has a crack. Everybody has a weakness. Yeah, they do. For whatever reason, that's what I would do. And yeah. so, you know, uh, I'll say Jeff Harris is the only person that I've worked with. You know, retired mass chief, yeah. uh, command mass chief, two different commands, multiple. I've been in Iraq with him. Uh, just nothing, man. The guy's just all the way around. Too solid. And you know, like at work, at home, as just yeah. as a man, as a father. Uh, as a mentor, brother, all of it. He had all of it together. Yeah. Uh, and he taught me a lot. And it was one of those things where he was the one that led to me. And I said, look, I just need some time. So I need to take a knee. And it wasn't a negative outlook. It was, hey, man, I got it. And you know, his thing was the empathy and the sympathy of it was, I went through a really bad divorce. Yeah, I went through a really hard custody case. I went with getting shipped halfway around the country. You know, I, I did back to back to back to back to back. And I'm just breaking my back and I'm just not getting recognized. Right. But I just kept going. Because yeah, you can't quit. Because right. somebody is looking at you. The new yeah, guys are looking, looking at you. At you. Right. And uh, so that was it, man. And yeah. So now, you know, we get forward. We get in the season. I feel like I owe it. I owe it a train replacement. And I owe the Swicks uh, somebody, I guess, to look up to. Without sounding super egotistical. No, brother, you bring it, though. And, you bring and, it every time. Really and that's it. Out. So, you know, we talk about owning a room. Yeah. Your appearance, first off. You know, we, yeah. we beat up all physical fitness, which, you know, your CFL, you know firsthand. First way you can automatically take respect in a room is just how you present yourself, how you look. You, know, right. you got muscles. Uh, then speaking articulately, speaking clearly, you know, right. looking at people, the vega of it. Yeah. Um, then your legacy. You know, they say your reputation should, should right. precede you. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I tell the guys that as well. You know, shoot, move, and communicate. Yeah. You want to six? Shoot, move, communicate in our community. After that, lead, communicate. Outside of that, that's all you have to do is communicate. Because there's a lot of times I go to work and I'm like, man, I did a bunch of nothing, but right. talk to a bunch of people. That's, that's, that's all the part of it. 
And that's it. Huge. How do I crush other people's problems? Exactly. Because my problems are your problems. My yeah. problems are your problems. My problems are somebody else's problems. You communicate every time. Hey, hey, can you come fix this, please? <laughs> well, you're reliable. Yeah. And that's, you know what, I, that whole trust but verify thing. Yeah. Uh, we always say, hey, let's go to the department. Hey, expect, to the what you, uh, expect what you expect. Absolutely. Expect and what so, you expect. some people all the time, hey, um, it's easy just to go to the department. It's easy to go to the LCPO. Yeah. Put yourself in their shoes. You know, you had a uh, rock star, you know, and Judith Bolts just made she, made she yeah. rock star. Yeah. Right. We could call that guy day or night. I didn't yeah. care what trip I was on. Didn't care what continent. Didn't <laughs> care. I'm actually on a medical waiver. Yeah. So uh, I uh, I broke my ankle more than yeah. training a couple years ago, and I got a blood clot. Oh, okay. And yeah. you know, when I didn't know I broke it. Um, I med taped it. We went about the day. I stayed for another like eight or nine days. Um, for whatever reason, we felt like we had to stay there. You know, it goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, being the chief, uh, I felt like I had to stay there. And I'm like, God, oh, man, go back, go back. Don't worry about it. Well, broke it. Weeks went by. I flew to South America. We drove home from. Kentucky and my, my again Jeremy uh, his wife who's uh, is a nurse um, said hey I think you have a DVT I think you should need to go to the hospital and so sure enough uh, it took me about three days and I finally went yeah you know, I did I had a big blood clot in my leg and so I was pulled off operational yeah you know that that, that we talk about adversity yeah I go to Keesler I go to see the hematologist and they're like blood thinners yep done the rest of your life blah 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 God didn't even look at my record I do nothing. Yeah. I said, hey, man, you just killed my career. I came in. I want to go out the way I want to. And I yeah. think it was at 15, 16, years, whatever that was. Yeah. And he's like, what's up, man? We got to do it. We got to do it pretty good. And I fought with him about it. I said, hey, look, how do I get right? Tell me why I got it, and then tell me how we get right. That's what right. we do in the military, right? We get yeah. right, and we move forward. Um, so he was, he's like, look, man, I'm going to give you this blood thinners. We'll do it for this amount of time. If you're clear, I'll do these tests. If you're good, I'll write your paperwork, go back operational. And uh, he's like, but I don't think it's going to change. You have to understand the mentality. Again, yeah, it goes back to mentality. There's a bunch of these airmen at the uh, hospital. They were all getting medically relieved or medically right, retired right, or out. Right. Right. The guy's like, man, that's what most people want. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know yeah. you wanted to stay in. I'm right. like, yeah, man, I want to see 20. Like, I came in on my own. I want to go to my own. So, um, time goes by, man, test out, I'm clear. And so that's how I got to go into the deployment, 15 wow. milestone completed, and that's how I was able to go into make eight. Uh, but I got another blood clot uh, later. I had, had my ankle reconstructed, and I got one again. So at that point, they put me on medical waiver. Okay. Um, so they said, hey, we're going to put you in training command, so I got to test tennis. And uh, when I made eight, I was, I had, I had uh, knee surgery. I've had seven surgeries, just about pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, my help. Uh, but anyways, I had a tibial osteotomy on my right knee. So they, they cut my knee in half. Put yeah. it together. That was my right? Yeah, that was one last year. Came last year. And they're like, look, you know what? This can take a year to recover. That soonest you'll be back to running in full fitness. Yeah. It was uh, nine to twelve months. Yeah. Uh, and so I went back to the team and I took over uh, training readiness. Okay. Well, what is? You got a lot of operational stuff wrong. 
figure it out. Too. Yeah, she's in years. So, well, how did that operational stuff trend help you out in the training part? And I know you trained in the schoolhouse too, but how that operational work help you prepare for training? Because you've never been pure training in the schoolhouse. Normally, like when you were at twenty two, you were operational all the time. No, I did one stint for six months of training. Okay, that's I, not very I long. helped stand up that stimulus. Um, you know, doing the the. The J sets and the FIDs and a lot of right. these SMEs out of the country. Uh, you're training other other countries. True. Yeah. Um, so you're getting a language barrier. You're getting cultural barriers. You're getting age. You're getting you know yeah. multifaceted differences of the American soft outlook. Right. Um, end state goal is to train them to this degree. Yeah. Right. And so that's what we had to do. So basically, you're going to foreign countries as an operational kinetic boat team. Right. You're training foreign people. Asymmetrically. So we're not doing it kinetically. So we're right. not doing capture kill. We're not right. doing stuff like that. Right. Because everything transition with phase plans. Yeah. You know, that's a whole other episode. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, once you start getting to where you're, you're, you're training stability and you're getting these guys back to where they can protect themselves. We're, we're teaching them to a degree of what we know to help them be better. Uh, basically to, to secure their own country. Yeah. Well, been doing that anytime you teach, anytime you instruct, anytime uh, you facilitate, you have to learn it, right? And to be uh, good at instructing or teaching whatever, you have to know the material. Yeah. So the more you teach, the better you get, the yeah. more you know the material, it just cycles. It really does. Yeah. So to answer your question, how did that prepare me for what I'm doing now? Well, all of that learning has put me in a place where I don't know it all, but I know a lot. And now my job is to make sure these guys behind me know it. Train your leader. Train replacement. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge part to look at now. What did I, what did I not know in my first deployment? What did I not know in my second deployment? What did I not know in my third deployment? What did I not know in my first chief deployment? Yeah. It's just bam, bam, bam. I really, you know, through counseling, personal counseling, I've heard it multiple times, whiteboarding, right? Whiteboard is the best thing you can do. Pro and con stuff, and then what did you get out of it? Yeah. Right. So we look at it. It's literally right now. Writing's on the wall. Right. So we say whiteboard, whiteboard's yeah. on the wall. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Very simple. So what did I what did I not know? How can I teach that? Or why should I teach that? Well then I've all in it. You know, uh, when I was at the center, uh, excuse me, when I was at, at Sinus, we, we work with Center Shell Switch and we see the curriculum and what they were teaching and we'll go back. We had the recruit training command, CRTC. Hey man, what is it your people aren't getting? And what are your complaints with these after actions, these critiques? Yeah. You know, and you're gonna learn about critiques and after action reports. Right. Not just operational. What do you need to learn? What do you need to train to? These people are, oh, we really need to do this. We really need to do this. We really need to do this. Uh, we really liked this. We felt at this. We excelled at this. Well, then there's that, that balance buying yeah. piece, right? Yeah. And then it goes back to your credibility. You see the young sweep, like, oh, we need to kick indoors, we need to do this, we need to do this, all this cool stuff. And I tell them, hey, man, that's not really the job right now. Yeah. We, we're here to do this. Yeah. Uh, which, that pride and ego learning over the years, got me to the point where I can explain the why, I think, very well. Mm-hmm. So all of that helped me learn the why to explain the why. Right. Uh, then with new generation sailors, the why is everything. Yeah. You know, we're, we've been taught to freelance think. We've been taught to question authority. Yeah. Everything. So at this point now, it's like, why? Hey, senior, why are we doing this? You know, or someone else say, hey, we're doing this. I can hear the, 
the LPO in the front office. Like, yeah, we're going to do this, this, this. And I, of course, I hear some smart-ass SB2. That's stupid. Why would we do that? It's easy. That was me. That's stupid. Why would we do it this way? Yeah. I've learned not to overextend myself to let that play out to a degree until I need to step in. Right. You know, at that point, assist. Because I had those leaders that would say, hey, man, I need this. This is the ultimate instinct. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do this. Do this. Do this. You have problems in between. Give me a call so I can start doing some micro, you know, some, right. some damage control. Yeah. Do what you do. So I realized that was that was huge operationally. I would get taught yeah. that. Oh, and yeah. so now I can tell these guys, I want this. How would you do it? Yeah. And, and think tank. Think tanks are great. Make right. it part of the solution. That's it. Yeah. Hey, man, how would you do it? Micromanagement, I hated it. There's yeah. always a place for it. Yeah. Right. We're all we're parents, so we know at some point micromanagement is there to you do the, the handoff. Right. Right. Trust but verify. Right. So now I just let these guys go. Hey man, that's what I want. See what happens. Just see what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, I learned early, I think my third year as a chief, I think I had a master tell me, Hey man, no matter how brilliant you think you are writing, you can sell your own bullshit to yourself. Step back, wait ten minutes and read it again. It's like, but a real challenge, get your newest guy to read it. Yeah. If it doesn't make sense to him, it's not going to make sense to the captain, the admiral, true. to anybody. That's true. Yeah. I said, Wait a minute. So you're telling me to let this SB2 nobody read this eval I'm writing, see if it makes sense? And he's like, yeah, man. It shows a little, you know, a release of pride and ego. Sure. You're letting them in on yeah. it. And at the same time, man. These kids know, you know, I've got a 13 year old at home that types just as good as plenty of us that work out. Sure. You know, they learn it in school. So, sure, yeah. man, I brought this SB2 and I'm like, hey, man, read over this folder real quick. Yeah, yeah. What does this mean right here? It's a good call. You know, what does this mean right here? This line doesn't make sense right here. Send it in. Boom, gets approved. You know, guy gets EP. You know? Wow. And that's all it took. It took just yeah. letting somebody else, yeah. not thinking that I had all the answers. Right. Man, it sucks. That was it. It was uh, literally humbling. take that ego and that pride, put it away. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, we're expected to know all this stuff, but it's really the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so I always ask for help. I yeah. do. And I tell guys all the time the biggest knock of the ego and pride throughout my career was asking for help. Yeah. And then taking a chance. Gambler. I don't like to gamble. I don't lose money. Uh, yeah, we don't get paid a lot of money. Got a whole bunch of kids at home. Uh, so I have a lot of money to waste. Yeah. And uh, so I tell these, I don't like to just gamble. Um, so I'm a sure bet kind of guy. Yeah. And so at that point, I don't really, I like to take chances. I've been told that in my career, like, you take pretty significant chances. But in my head, I got it all figured out. That's where I am. Yeah. I, I do whatever I got to, not to lose. If I need to take chances, I will. But I like when you get these guys involved. Because when you when you get these guys invested into that to the the product, yeah, they're invested in you. They're oh, invested into the team and the command and, well, and all that. They're just, just they're just not a number. Go to war for you, man. They'll go to war for you. Well, we talk you. we talk about that. You, we know when you lead by respect or by fear, really that kind of way. Right. So you want the guys to respect you, you know, because you can tell them what they're gonna do. You're yeah. synergy. Yeah. You're gonna do this. Or you go in there and guys inherently we want to make our leaders proud and happy yeah. to do right by them so hey man this is what senior wants is let's do this well the next thing you know these guys it just breeds a culture yeah and, and that's where it kind of circles over uh and so you see every year where we do it i tell the guys 
uh, when the Civics don't contribute, I go, you know, I go over there. I'm like, hey, man, are you too cool for this? Yeah. You know, <clears throat> you know, I'm like, I'm like, I only see one one car on your chest. You know, so you're still too cool for this. Just, just something stupid. Right. Right. We're we're easy, easy ego driven. Yeah. You know, maniacs in NSW. We are. Uh, it's really simple. Like, oh, yeah. you're looking small. Oh, you lost weight. Or, you know, <laughs> oh, wow, you're getting fat. You yeah. know, there's something and it triggers guys. But whatever. And that's that's what you do. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we did some of the questioning for leadership, uh, not like too much other than that, but Keith was voted, you know, number one senior chief, you know, with uh, right beside me. And uh, I was like, you know what? I will take that. <laughs> I will take uh, Keith sitting same uh, category um, as, as me and for the guys that have been in, I tell you it's an honor anytime somebody says anything uh, nice or productive you know yeah. ego feeding you know like oh when I, when I hope I, I can be like you you know, you know I tell my boys and I preach to them there, there, to me there's no bigger mark of respect than a man to another man says he wants to be like you or emulate you say what is up to you that, that puts me on the cloud not and so when your kids, our kids do it inherently, yeah, with their fathers. Uh, but when another man has no reason to look back and says, you know, oh, right, when I make cheap, when I do this, I'll, I hope I do it like you. Yeah, it's, it's driving, it's motivating, uh, but it makes you know you did something right to a degree, but at the same time, you stay on that course to keep contributing. I'll tell you what, bro, freaking Brad Hart was the first book I ever met. We went through five lines together on the ship. Uh, and I never did a switch until I came to 22. And when I, this season, I had five swigs asking me to be the sponsor. They're not doing it. I could, obviously, I could do it. That's just too big. But, but I say, wow. I said, wow, it's just, you're in it. Win. You care. Yeah, that's I care. That's I'm like, right. man, that's, I mean, that made me feel good, you know? Because I don't even, I haven't been around that community my, most of my career, I haven't. This is just here. Yeah. And for them to make that kind of impact, man, it just blew me away. It is, isn't yeah. it? When I, when I ask guys, um, I think, Six of those guys that made it this year have been in debt with me. Yeah, you know, right. Put through almost every one of them through yeah. the schoolhouse, uh, and then when we made the thing, you know, you can't pick your same rate. You yeah, know, you can't pick your same community for right. a sponsor. Right. You're kind of like, why? It's dope. You know. Oh, whoa. There's a lesson in the lesson. Yeah. Outside, Outside. you have to learn somebody else. Yeah. And at the same time, they're not gonna blow smoke up your ass. They're right. not gonna tell you how cool you are. They're not gonna tell you how great you are. They're not gonna do this. You're just another uh, guy. You're just yeah, you're just another guy. And uh, okay. I'm just, I figured somebody beat that up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a turning point of it. Yeah. And so I do believe in it. And you know, through you know, all the way back, you know, from having that, that first issue with my oldest son, custody wise, then you know, going again and uh, getting hurt. Fighting to get back in it, then yeah, you know, get told, hey, you're either going back to Iraq or you know, figure out something to do with yourself. Schoolhouse, uh, and, and I will say, I was my own worst enemy. I was my own. I, I did. I did. Like my mouth kept me from ever putting me in the E9 realm, and uh, I didn't take it. I didn't really learn until 2010, 11, 12. Right, <laughs> and that's when my life changed. And when when the slap of humility really hit me, right, that's when everything changed. In my you know, life. It's a lot worse than you can do to retire. So. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of good good chiefs retire as a chief. Uh, I fully expected yeah. to retire as a chief. I fully expected to retire as first class. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all are both old goats. Yeah, you're hitting on the uh, the edge of retirement. Yeah, so that's scary for a lot of people. 
scary for all of us in the Navy. Use the Navy as a safety net. Now here's another adversity that you're yeah. facing. How are you dealing with that? Eric's going to be a male model. <laughs> <laughs> I still have better hair. Uh, I got great hair. <laughs> so when I went to TAPS two years ago, three years ago, uh, at Goldport, it was the executive TAPS for retirees. The, the one thing that everybody had in common was how are we going to pay the bills? Yeah. Everybody. E8s, E9s, E7s. You know, I had the base CO for Goldport in there with us. The CMC. Everybody. How am I going to pay the bills? I've literally had a paycheck first and 15th since the time I came to NATO. What should I do? You're still going to get one, but we're used to a certain kind of paycheck. Yeah, we're used to a certain lifestyle. We were now, just talking about that. Now, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? What are the changes? Man. I got told, you know, this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. I was stressing to my wife, you know. Uh, I got remarried uh, in 2019, and uh, my, my wife is a business owner, and, you know, uh, her father retired senior chief, and, yeah. you know, just different different upbringing, different outlook, just two different things. She's like, we got it, you know. Um, we'll be fine. You know, this is what we do, blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, no, <laughs> that's not what we do, because we still got mortgage, and I got child support, and this, got this. Uh, so out of the blue, I got a phone call and so I was like, Hey man, uh, I was given your name by a friend and it said, you're just retiring from Naval special warfare and, uh, man, I need somebody to, to run this for me. I need you to be, you know, basically an office manager for like three or four different buildings. I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if I'm a guy. That's kind of, that's kind of admin. Yeah. yeah. You got anything going for <laughs> So I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking I'm 60 grand a year. You know, you hear about his name, 50, 60 grand a year. Yeah. Retirement, good. I get disability, I'll be fine. It's just what you thought. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Right? Because we did, they do the budget in class. Yes. Yeah. And the guy comes back to double the figure I had in my head. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so can you start next week? Shit, no, man. I still got like another two years. He's like, oh, man, I really need you. Man, I said, all right, a little smart coat. Yeah. Well, then next year, I started talking to people. You know, I network. You know, I like make jokes about being a drug dealer, but it's like just network, man. Yeah. Like meet everybody. Being a good person is so yeah. easy. People take it for granted. Yeah. Introducing yourself. Back in, you know, just give them a little background. Hey, man, if you never did anything, give me a call. Yeah. And that's how it works. We know that with the cheese mix. You know, it's yeah. what, what can I do to help you out? What can I do uh, in, in these situations? Well, I did on the outside. Yeah. Like, you know, I started getting more phone calls, more phone calls, more phone calls. And, uh, we are showing exercise, doing what we do now. Yeah. And uh, guys like, hey, man, why don't you come do this on the civilian side? I'm, I'm looking for a guy. It's like, oh, crap. All right. Well, then all of a sudden, we're like, hey, man, we're looking for a guy. I think you're the guy. Okay, man, I think you're the guy. We're looking for a guy. So now I went from, oh, my gosh, to, all right, what's going to be the best fit? Yeah, what, what do you want? Oh, wow. what, what's what's yeah. What's going to be? So you always want choices. Yeah. And, and you know, and uh, the more opportunities. Yeah. And that, that, that transitioning period of you know, 10 choices, and they slowly go down to now I'm having to desperation choose what yeah. I want to do for a living. So right now, I, I, you know, I think I want to do this contract job and see how it works out. Yeah. Is that oh, right? What was that? Local? Yeah. yeah local. Uh, so I don't want to disclose anything. No, 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 um, no, no. But yeah, it was, it was one of those things where I'm like, all right, cool. Feel good about it. Yeah. You know, now now it's working toward uh you know March being six months out from retirement, 100 yeah. percent 
in the VA, multiple surgeries, you know, however that plays out. Uh, it being me disabled more than I already know I'm mentally disabled, <laughs> but uh, physically disabled. Yeah. And, you know, my middle son uh, graduates next year. He's yeah. a senior. Uh, my whole son's in the Navy now. You know, he's, yeah. you put him in. Yeah. He's an air crewman, you know, been in a year and a half. He's crushing it. Uh, and then my youngest one, you know, I got six years left for him until he graduates. So, yeah. you know, still got, still got kids to take care. Still got a mortgage, still got a wife, still have all these things. So it's another rich line, man. Yeah. You know, like I said, I wasn't yeah. taught, I was never allowed to be a victim. Uh, I was never taught to quit. Uh, never, never allowed to just give in to my sorrow and my own pity party. You know, they said it's okay to feel down. You know, all my counselors have said it. I said, my counselors, team of counselors, thank you. <laughs> uh, they tell you, hey, man, it's okay. It's human. Uh, but at some point, you get to draw that. Yeah. You know, until you get in that realm of the darkness. Suicidal, and they start questioning themselves and thinking that way. And I just, just I've never been that way. Not built that way. I, I say I'm not built that way. Maybe I just never was in a situation where somebody allowed me to. Yeah. You know, so I look back, and again, I think somebody was always there at some point. Yeah. It said something that triggered something in me. It says, get your ass up. You know, get freaking pumped. Yeah. And, and keep marching. Yeah. Uh, and so now I tell my kids all the time, like, oh, this, oh, that. I'm like, hey, man. Yeah, this mediocre bullshit that's like just good enough. This isn't gonna, gonna rock. Right. Like, I'm proud of him. Like my oldest son, you know, I didn't know until shit, and he was a senior, and he told me, and we had a really close conversation one day. By the time he was getting ready to enter, he was like, "I just want you to be proud of me. It's all I've ever wanted." Yeah. And I'm like, "Dude, I've been proud of you your whole life." So obviously, I haven't verbalized that or articulated it or shown yeah. it. You know, I said, "I don't care what you do." I just want you to be a productive member of society. And I want you laying on another man's leg. I don't want you on government assistance. I, like we, we've raised you to be a certain way. Stand on your own two feet. I don't care what it is you do as long as you're happy yeah. and you're healthy and you're productive in your life. Yeah. Um, but just know you're not living with me for free. <laughs> you know? um, I think there was that standard. Again, that cross yeah. with that line of standards. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, okay. And I told him, you don't have to be soft when you go in. You know, he wanted to be PG at first. I just, I don't think he was ready to these guys, you know, you know, they say, oh, I want to be PG, I want to be a Ranger, you know, I just, I don't think you're ready, man. So much into this. He, he didn't school seriously, right. but he was driven. Yeah. He was motivated and he was physically gifted. Yeah. And uh, so he chose to be in the air crew. You know, he came into your office and everyone's like, why didn't he go into SW? Why didn't he go to Silver Swift? And I'm like, this wasn't his path. Yeah. You know, I told him, I was like, I don't care what you do, man. Just crush whatever it is you do. Yeah. And so sure enough, he gets through boot camp. Yeah. He's yeah. class leader, you know, yeah. there in uh Nacus and whatever. And he sends me the, the, the thing and I told him, I was like, hey man, I gotta tell you, I told my wife. Um, you know, you know, no matter how badass you think I was, I was never a class leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, never, exactly. I was never an undergrad. Yeah. And I said, So you you beat me. Yeah. Man, you, you beat me. That's okay. That's fine. That's, 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 that's what good. I wanted. That's exactly what I told yeah. you. Exactly. So now Fast forward, my oldest stepson, Christian, you know, uh, enlisted. So he's yeah. going in, you know, trying to be a switch. And I just told him, I was like, hey, man, I don't care what you do. Again, I don't care. Just crush whatever you whatever do. Whatever you do, kill it. You know, you're my stepson. Uh, I had this long this, this thing about name saying, so we talk about it. You know, I'm not a big sports guy. Uh, whatever the weird, how I was raised, uh, wearing another man's name on your back, this wasn't something that I was raised to. People idolize pro athletes. It just wasn't something that I was ever brought into. Right. Um, and 
okay to look up to people. It's great to have that. But to idolize being that person, it just wasn't whatever the time. I hear you. So I kept that for So tell my kids. Tell my, my, my one kids and one stepson's. Hey, man. Don't, don't try to be somebody else. Be be your own person. You know, it's great to look up to them. But like, idolize to the point where at some point you should pass your idol. Yeah. yeah. And then your next idol, you should pass that idol. Right. You should bridge line to bridge line. Right. Just don't be comfortable with this. Uh, so it's almost good namesake. You're carrying your father's last name. Right. Whatever you look at it, you don't have the same last name as me. You have your 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 father's. It doesn't matter. You carry that forward. You know, you're my stepson. So do your family proud. Do your namesake proud. Uh, so you know that nerd part of me. Yeah, that's why yeah. I get into it. Where I tell my kids like, don't embarrass me. You know, they do something at school where they, you know, they're in there and I hear, oh, shooting, you know, another goal. You know, with my my two young ones are, are soccer freaks. They're great. But we yeah. do, you know, um, then my youngest stepson plays football, and you know, he's got to the point where he loves it. And, you know, he's playing multiple sports and in the gym. And, like, there's nothing. Um, there's no point that, that, that throughout the day you won't see one of my kids in the gym. Yeah. Um, so me mm-hmm. and my wife are fanatic. Uh, my ex-wife, you know, she's the same thing. You know, we just culture of working out. Yeah. Uh, so the kids love it. And it's hard to avoid them. Anything, you know, you might be a, a knucklehead, <laughs> but you'll never physically feel something. You should yeah. never physically feel something. Right, right, right. Um, so, again, they've been through the diversity of divorce moving in multiple deployments as your kids know, you know, it's hard. You know, my, uh, my old son has a relationship now with the girl yeah. and she doesn't live out there with him because she's in college somewhere else. And he tells me today, actually on the way over here, he's like, that, I don't know how you did it, man. This is hard. It's like, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, all you want to do is be with that person. Right. And uh, I said, no shit. Tell me about it, son. <laughs> tell me about it. Yeah. 23 years. Tell me about how you want to be with the person you yeah, um, but you have a job. So yeah, signed up for. Yeah, when it's over, you can do that. So, ah, yeah. uh, Judy, guess what? You give me all the time now. Yeah, uh, right. Cool. It's great because my wife loves it. Like we can literally spend all day together. Yeah, um, we don't get tired of each other, which is great. Because I think she actually texts me asking me where the hell I'm at. On that note, yeah, <laughs> she, she leaves me for a little bit, so you guys yeah. better yeah. tighten yeah. it up. But no, man, I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's no, an honor. Yeah, I don't know why the hell you chose me of all people, <laughs> uh, but I'm. Oh, man, and I thank hope, you. Hopefully, I can help somebody. You know, tell people all the time. Call me, write me, email me. Um, I've helped guys that don't even know with their PRT test why. I just, yeah, you know, I just feel like I owe it to give it back because yeah. there's been always somebody there to, to push me along. They've been paying for it for years, and uh, yeah, I see you, uh, one of my good friends. Absolutely. And uh, I'm glad you came out here, man. Uh, and I'm honored you were here. And you make me blush. Now you put your story out. You put your story out. You have a good story, man. That's why. That's why I picked you. you have a great story. And I'll tell you. I, I got my buddy Dave. Uh, he started a podcast. He goes, "You need to do a podcast. You need to do a podcast." I'm like, man, I don't have to. And I had to tell him. I was like, I gave in. It's like my buddy Brett. Yeah. He uh, he asked me to do it, and uh, I'm doing it. He's like, Are you serious? I've asked you. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully, if anything, I can help somebody. Maybe motivate somebody. Maybe right. push somebody that questioned it. You know, if anybody's thinking about getting a divorce and wondering, like, what can I do? I think that's my biggest one now. Is as much as I hate it, you know, I think you know, you guys have both been through the situation. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in this career and this job, that's a transitional point. What do I do? Especially yeah. as a mother. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, my my oldest son's mom, um, you know, she was in the military as well and got out. And she she got out before me, and man, just 
you never take away from a, a mom raising kids that's in the military. So I, I you know, I'm, I'm fully supportive of females in the military. It's just not one of those plugs. But seriously, like I tell them all the time, like, yeah. you guys have it harder than we do. Yeah. Um, because people don't think about that. You know, I got I got to come over nine days when one kid was born, and that was it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and I got sent right back out. You know, I don't know how you guys do. You know, with my my oldest mom's uh, my oldest mom did it. Had him six months later. Went on a cruise. Right. And uh, different. It's a it's a hard life. It's it's tough, but there's some good parts too. I mean, I mean, take the good with the bad. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, you know, it's more than that. It's courage. It's, it's being afraid. It's trying and it's doing it anyway because it's the yeah. right thing to do and it's, you know, helping the family out. Yeah. Well, Eric, I would cheers you, but we are drinking our beer. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Let's be ramble. I got my Get our email e14 at gmail.com. There's no hyphen, it's just e14 at gmail.com. Yep, follow and see. Oh, what's your plug? Oh, I said there's a plug. Uh, you know, if you're in the Seattle area, you know, try out uh, Peak Fitness and Peak uh, Fitness. Oh, Peak Fitness. Fitness. You know, we totally yeah. forgot. <laughs> yes, he owns Peak Fitness. Yes, so. Peak oh, Fitness. Yeah, so the gym. yeah, my wife runs it. I have a career, I'm in the Navy, but my wife runs that side of it. So, so yeah, yeah. PAK Fitness. PAK. Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, finish from CrossFit. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. If you're in the area, stop by. Awesome. Thanks, guys.